The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. This is episode 193 of The Boys of Tech for Monday the 26th of November 2012. My name is Edwin Herman, coming to you live from Wellington. Normally I'm joined by Brett King in Wellington, but this time I'm joined by Brett King in Adelaide. Welcome to the show, all the way from Adelaide via Skype, Brett. Howdy. Hey, how's it going over there? Oh, it's going really well. I understand the temperature in Adelaide is a little bit warmer than the temperature in New Zealand, right? Uh, a tad. It was like 33, I think, yesterday. Oh, and 33. In the, in the 30s today. <laughs> and dry. So dry. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, you know, I think I'd like that climate. Maybe we could bring that to New Zealand. Oh, hell no. We do not want the dry heat of this. We do not want the water shortage because it's all evaporated. <laughs> oh, I see. So it's that dry. They have water shortages. Oh, oh yeah, they, they pay massive amounts of money for, for water here. It's like oh. they get big, big bills for, for water. So much so that I saw an advert on television for, you know, it started off with summer is coming, so that means lawnmowers, dead grass, and huge water bills. Why not save yourself the time, hassle, and money and replace your lawn with fake grass? Oh, is it? That's oh, that's yeah. Maybe that's not so good. Your front yard. Oh no! Okay, for a limited time, you'll get twice as much astroturf as you normally as you pay okay, for. Okay, I, I I think <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I don't think we should have that sort of climate here. No, that's no. Uh, that's more extreme than I thought. I didn't realise it was that hot, that dry. No, it it's a really really dry heat, though it does mean that. Lots of people in shorts, and that's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> so you're that having... damn, does it make me wish I'd brought shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so you're having a good time in Australia. You're, I understand you're there for both work and pleasure, right? Half the trips work, half the trips pleasure. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. I, I was originally coming to Adelaide so that I could go to the Distant Worlds Music from Final Fantasy concert, which was on last night and was superb. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. The Adelaide Symphony Orchestra and the Adelaide Philharmonic Chorus, uh, oh. together with the conductor and composer of the conductor and producer of the Final Fantasy music was doing the conducting of it. And the composer of pretty much, you know, more than 90% of the music for the range of Final Fantasy games, Nobuo Uemetsu, I'm butchering the name completely, but completely famous uh, Japanese composer. He was there and he actually performed in one of the songs. Oh, is that right? So, so he, he, and, he was there in person. And he hasn't been to all of the, because this, this show goes around the world, Um and uses the orchestras from the different locations it goes to to do the show. But 
he's only gone to a couple of them. So only a couple of shows have actually had the composer of most of the musical. Oh, and, and, and you were there. Yeah. That's and cool. I was there and I got to see him and hear the whole thing and it was absolutely awesome. And so does the uh, the rest of the, the week that you have there, is that pretty much for work? Uh, Today, yeah, Tuesday yeah. onwards? Uh, pretty much Tuesday onwards. So Right, so from tomorrow. Just okay, so... It's mine. Oh, good. Got a plan to go to the zoo. Oh, right. Is, tell me, is, is a zoo a zoo? A zoo is a zoo is a zoo. Or are they different? Are they no, they're all different. They've all got different animals in them. This is, I think, um, one of the few places that has giant pandas. Ah, right, okay. Mm. So I get to see a giant panda. Now, look, you know, I haven't been to, to Adelaide. I, I've been to two Australian cities. Oh, this Br- is my first time to Adelaide as well. <laughs> well, I've been to Brisbane and Melbourne. And if you were to describe Adelaide in terms of Melbourne and Brisbane, how would it compare? Uh, I've never been to Melbourne, and it's nothing like Brisbane. <laughs> okay, so it could be entirely like Melbourne, or it could be something entirely different yet again. Indeed. Okay. It's got trams. Oh, that's very Melbourne-like. It's got trams. You know, it's got an integrated metro system where you can buy a, a ticket and ride on any of the different metro services. And that's how it should be in every city, right? Indeed, indeed. So that's, well, that's, that's the train. Really, that's pretty good. Bus and- Tram's pretty regular. Tram's in fun. (laughs) It's a tram. It's like a train on the road. Is the city flat? Uh, Very. Very flat. Okay, so that's nothing like Wellington. I'm just thinking back back here. There are some hills and some hilly suburbs further out, but I haven't been to those yet. Right. The core city area is pretty much flat from what I've seen so far. (laughs) <laughs> and plus what they call hills is probably just a slight rise in the road as what as we'd call it. Well, I've seen some pictures and they, they are proper overlooks, so you can Oh, okay, right. Right. So it obviously gets further hilly out, but in the area of the city I've been in, which admittedly is like five or six blocks, about a half hour's walk in either direction yeah. from my hotel. It's all <laughs> flat from around here. And a river. There's a river bit that goes through it. And you're using the public transport to, to get around, or are you pretty much walking oh, to... Oh, yesterday I bought it. Because <laughs> I've never been here before, and I have no idea what these distances to any of these things are. I bought a, a day pass for the, the metro system uh, and caught a tram uh, to get to the Rundle Mall and discovered that the tram to the Rundle Mall is an entire one tram stop from my <laughs> hotel to the Rundle Mall. Oh, what a, um, what a waste. But more hilarious than that is it's like five minutes walk just around the corner. <laughs> oh, so you didn't really need to take the tram at all. But of course you didn't know, did you? I mean, you no, you I don't have an idea that. of scale but, until you go, yeah, until you've lived in the place. I the tram to the, to the event centre where the um, the show was because that would, would have been more like a 30-minute, a 45-minute walk. Right. Well, that makes sense. In- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget the, not, the conditions. Not. <laughs> yeah, not looking so. At the moment, Brett, you're using the wireless internet provided by the hotel. Indeed, I am coming to you live, provided by <laughs> the hotel of which I am staying. Uh, you know, you're coming through loud and clear, so that's really good. They're obviously mm, not. They're yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, it's it streamed. It streamed YouTube pretty well. I was so. just going to say that they're, they're certainly not. Um, 
uh, what do you call it, uh, filtering yeah, Skype to, to for, that's, well, they're not filtering Skype at least to so they don't you know to force you through uh, you know the hotel phone you know to see make calls on mm. their phone because they of course yeah, they get yeah. revenue from that so that's good at least they're not doing that so yeah you're sounding loud and clear. Uh, look, I'll tell you what, we'll look ahead at some of the stories that we've got lined up. I think you've had a, a brief read of them in, in your busy schedule. Uh, I have indeed, have indeed. I wanted to kick off with the iPads that were stolen from JFK Airport, but uh, also just looking ahead, <laughs> but before, <laughs> before we do get into that, just looking ahead at some of the other stories, ACDC's catalogue now available on iTunes, and Android floor blocks December dates in the People app. And the GCSB here in New Zealand may face court action. Uh, this is more about the uh, dot-com saga. So just back to the, to the iPad. <laughs> a heist, a heist of 3,600, that's 3,500 iPad minis were stolen from JFK Airport. How do you figure Not just that? stolen from JFK Airport. They were stolen from the same place as, what, $5 million Lufthansa. Really famous air heist. 78, <laughs> okay. I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, the uh, thing is, you know what? Awesome. Isn't it ironic that, you know, since the uh, 9-11 or 11-9, depending on what country you're in, uh, attacks, uh, you know, the airport security has been beefed up and everything, yet someone can still steal six, 3,600 iPad minis from an airport? How does that work? Well, that's because they had the, the one thing which foils all security. They had an inside shot, an inside yeah, man. They did, didn't they? they had the inside- FBI has arrested them, <laughs> has arrested an inside person. So, I think they put uh, an, uh, about three or four of them through lie detector tests uh, when mm. they suspected and they've uh, they've now announced as you said Brett they've made an arrest yep obviously at the moment we can't say that the person's guilty because they haven't been tried yet but no, you know it's sounding right. you know they, they, they fork they used uh, airport forklifts uh, to get you know because I did wonder when I first heard about this I thought how can you steal 3,600 iPad minis from an from anywhere for that matter and, and you know Brock not get pallet lift <laughs> that is how you do it—a truck and a power lift. It's not something that you're going to stick down your pants. No, definitely not. Exactly. And as you said, they they had an insider let them in. So, or so, well, so it's alleged anyway. So, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, uh, really to have not triggered any of the tightened airport security. You have to have had an inside job, an inside person, or uh, insider knowledge. So, an ex-inside person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They've been looking for evidence of these being sold. I think they're looking at the usual places, Craigslist, eBay, and so on, to see if they can, yep. uh, you know, track some of them down. But of course, it's going to be very difficult to do. Oh, they, yeah, they, don't, they know the serial numbers of them, but uh, that's really doesn't help in tracking them down. It only helps in identifying them once you've tracked one down and you can confirm is it in that batch or or mm. is it not. Well, you would think with all of Apple's inbuilt things that they would just go as soon as those particular Apple devices connected to the internet, that Apple would do what they normally do. Yeah, well, at that point, yeah, I suppose you could, but you know, until I'm saying, <laughs> until they turn up online, mm. you're not going to know in, in the meantime, you know, and how long are they going to sit on these? I don't know. And, and they probably really wouldn't want to do that because you're, you're whether, or not, whether or not they're stolen, somebody's still going to end up 
being the end purchaser of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're still going to hurt your, hurt your image and your client base by doing something like turning them off. Yeah. It might, I don't know whether they can contact, if they do find an end user with one of them, it'll be interesting to see if they can try and trace back, you know, where did you get that from and, and, and so on. I mean, if it's through Craigslist, it's kind of hard because you can hide behind, you know, but if they've met someone in person mm. or if they mm. know someone or, you know, they know yeah, someone yeah. who knows someone, well, then perhaps they well, might be able craft, to... Sorry? Car boot sale. They bought it at a craft market or a car boot sale. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, you know, that could that could provide some insights uh, into into who these people actually are, you know, that have that have since got them. But you know, they've made one they made one arrest so far, and I guess I'd expect they'd make some more in due course. Yeah, but yeah, isn't it? It's not often you hear about heists like this. No, no, a good old fashioned heist does not happen very often no. these days. No, it's yeah. It does take something quite special, to, or a significant amount of work to, to do something like this. Crimes these days seem to be more home invasions and that sort of stuff. Thuggery. Than your yeah. old-fashioned heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, you're right. The, this is, this is kind of like, uh, you know, the, the early 1900s, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. There's been a heist and 3,600 Apple iPad minis are still missing. Now, ACDC have finally decided to allow their catalogue, in fact, not just their, their, their uh, latest stuff, but the, the whole back catalogue on iTunes. Now, they were one of these, uh, there's, there's a, a few, a handful of artists that have been resisting the digital download thing. And ACDC oh, yeah. have been one of them. They finally yeah. decided... Well, I guess they've, I can only assume they've decided it's they're in their best interest to do so because they've gone ahead and released the entire back catalogue on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Finally got a good enough deal to do it. The thing it is, is, the, the, is, the reason... It's a difficult decision to make because we can all sit back and go, oh, you should be putting it on iTunes. You should be embracing that sort of stuff. But some some artists come up with, you know, what can actually be legitimate reasons for it. Like certain albums are designed as stories that flow together. And so the artists, for instance, I believe that was ACDC's original reason for That's not right. wanting to put that up for yep. individual sale onto iTunes because yep. they their albums were crafted pieces of art where all of the songs wove together to tell that piece and to sell them individually would be to destroy the integrity of that piece and I know there are other um, albums where the album itself tells a story and to just select excerpts from it while they might be your favourite songs it does detract from the, the story that the whole songs, you know, the whole thing says But I, you know, I, the thing is I've heard these arguments before I, I don't mm. quite understand uh, I understand what they're saying. I don't necessarily agree with it because not everyone will see it as a you know a story, as a collection of work that well, goes together. Not everyone but, will see it that way. It's still, it's still that whole the whole the thing about art is it's the the it's in the eye of the beholder, but it's also the artist's in intentions. Yeah, but they can do whether or not you agree with it or not. It's still. 
But why not give your fans the choice? I mean, if we want to download the album, we download the album. If, if we don't, we don't. The other thing they could do is they can also uh, set it to album only. Now, I don't know wh- who, mm-hmm. who makes that call, whether it's something that Apple has to approve or whether, I don't, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on that. something that they need to go through their label for because that's another big thing. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. there, are, there are quite a few big name artists at the moment who are, who are you know, going against their labels, trying to take their labels to court over the fact that they're getting pretty much screwed out of the digital royalties that yeah, they should that's be right. earning. Yep. So a lot of the big name bands that might have been part of the resistance movement to, to not put themselves into the, the digital download space could also be around that they did not want to get into the point where their royalties were going to be so diminished in those sales because it would all be going to the record labels that they would much rather resist entirely. And only when they've you know, negotiated a deal good enough to for their own loyalty's sake that they would then allow it to be put out there. Because those middlemen are really screwing the artists out of it. It's not, it's not digital um, delivery. It's not piracy. It's the middleman sitting between the artist and the... The retail. Customer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it, the... Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is there because <laughs> having said that, I think, you know, a lot of them come around to eventually putting their stuff online. I can only assume mm. that they, they realize in the long run it's it's going to do them more harm not to, perhaps. Or they hang out until they're at a point where the negotiating power is in their hands. Ah, well, that could be too, yeah. Because mm. if there's big the, enough demand, then the band... Well, you would hope the band would have a greater say in in how it is put on and how it is delivered. Because the label would be dead keen to get it on there, right? So, oh yeah, so, the label would be massively keen to yeah. get it on there, and, so, and the band denying the label the ability to put it on digital is kind of allowing the artist to have a little more say, maybe have wield a little more power. Something that the bigger the bigger names can actually do because they have that. That, that pulling power, uh, whereas some of the smaller name, you know, the smaller artists, the, the less well-known ones would not have anywhere near as much sway over their record company as these big name ones do. But once again, we have no idea what it was that's finally swayed ACDC to. to no, go. and we probably will never know, especially if it's yeah. at the negotiation level. Good Aussie band, yeah. though, I must say. Good Aussie band. Well, yep, yeah, brilliant Aussie band. I love a bit of ACDC. Okay, so Android. Ha! Huh. Now, <laughs> so this is this is this is more for humor, oh, really, than, than anything else. There's been a, a little flaw in the latest version of the Android operating system, which has resulted in the default contact information app, which is People. It's called People, causes it to omit the December 2012 dates. Yeah, it it does not it does not believe that December 2012 exists. Maybe it's something to do with the the end of the world or something. Uh, no, nah, because then it would only stop after 21. True. Uh, it submits the entirety of December. It's like you go November 30, November 30th, 1st of January. <laughs> Doesn't affect any other date, uh, any other calendar program. No, no, that's the interesting uh, thing. Yet, yet the flaw is in, in, in the operating system, so it, it's which in that one, the app. Yeah, it's in that one app. So... A patch is going to come out real quick. There'll be a fix. Yeah, yeah, they'll do it. But they'll do it soon. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because <laughs> it's just a weird, quirky thing. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things that sometimes gets through. Just like sometimes you'll see a spelling mistake in a front page article. Because these sometimes these things slip through. Why? Because because what's involved in all of these things? People. Yeah. Which ironically yeah. is the name of the app. People are inherently flawed, and we have to. And we get more flawed the more pressure we're under. So. So if you, if you complain, are, I've complained about it so many times in so many of the stories for some of the disastrous things, disastrous things that come out that should have been tested. But that's you know you there are certain flaws that you can look past because they are simple, minor, easy to overlook, and then there are ones which erase your hard drive or destroy your device and, and brick your phone, etc., which should never have gotten past QA in the first place because they are impossible to overlook. So there's different levels of what you can accept from human mistake. And I will freely admit that. So I will it, jump up and down on quality assurance for, for big mistakes, but for little things, I, I, will, I will let them slide. Oh, and so, because so it only occurs in one app, <laughs> because it only occurs in one app, I, I will, and isn't a, isn't a massive thing and will be fixed relatively quickly. I'm willing to let it slide. Right. Brett has spoken. Well, He's so willing to let it slide. So much with, with, with Apple Maps, for instance, because that's a much bigger thing. <laughs> that is a big thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. You know, yeah, so Do if not expect for this glitch in people. <laughs> so if you are listening to us on your Android device and you've only recently upgraded and you're wondering why you don't see December 2012, this is why. Don't worry. Wait for yeah. uh, Google to put out a... Okay. Coming in. Sorry? Because it, 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 it's almost certainly a minor fix required for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. All right, now, on the whole dot-com saga that's been going on and on, this is kind of the, the soap opera of... Oh, it's, it's of, a discussion topic. This is going to go on for, for another year or two, I think. We think about it all the time. <laughs> well, the latest thing is that the the uh, Kim.com is, uh, has asked the High Court in Auckland to make the, the GCSB, which is the Government Communication Security Bureau here in New Zealand, one of the spy agencies in New Zealand, uh, to, uh, to, to be a co-defendant or to make them a co-defendant in its legal challenge and order it to produce information relating to its uh, spying operation against Kim.com. So this will drag them into court. It'll also possibly expose some, obviously not a lot because of the nature of the organization, but it may expose some of the connections that the GCSB has with the US. Mm. Often suspected, but never confirmed. Because these guys never <laughs> confirm or deny anything. Well, seeing as they had a, a top official from uh, American uh, intelligence agencies meeting in New Zealand... I would say there is a, a relatively good connection there. Well, we know there is a connection. I mean, the, obviously the question is to what extent, and, and, and that's kind of what we may get a bit more of a clue about when this mm. goes to court. And how much power they can wield over over our own agencies. Yeah, so some of that I think may come out, or hints of that might come out. Obviously a lot of the detail probably won't for various reasons, but mm. but we may get some, some insights into that. So this is just going to go on and on and on. This is, we can, you know what, you could do a whole podcast on the Kim.com thing. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, so look, Brett, that's all I had for the international stories, uh, rather short and sweet, but I do have one New Zealand story, and it's something we covered, well, something related to what we've covered before. 
shopping by smartphone. More details right after this. Welcome back. Now, a few episodes ago, or a number of episodes ago, we spoke to a spokesperson from Progressive Enterprises. They are one of the big uh, supermarket chains here in New Zealand. They run Countdown Supermarkets, based in Australia, but you know they, they run the Countdown Supermarkets here in New Zealand. And we, we spoke about uh, you know, shopping via smartphone. And what they've done now, just in time for Christmas, in fact, is that they've got bus shelters. They've got one in Auckland, one in Wellington, and one in Christchurch, which displays a virtual supermarket. So there's pictures of products on the shelves, and there are barcodes. And you can actually use your your Countdown app. They've created a mobile app. You can use the app yep. to scan these products that are just pictures, you know, on the bus shelter, and you can order them yep. and have them shipped to your home just like that while you're waiting for the bus. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty neat. Because they're already one of the um, supermarkets that allows you to do online shopping. That's right. They were, they were the first. Computer. Yeah, that's right. And order your food online and get it delivered. This is just a way to, instead of having to wait till you get home to do it, you can use the uh, the mobile app and your mobile data to order the stuff and have it delivered. The bus shelter thing is just a, is really a gimmick, but it has a useful purpose. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's, it's you, you definitely wanna... a gimmick. It does show you how you can pretty much well it's how you can make interactive advertising yeah exactly it's not it's not just advertising for countdown it's actually it's useful a tool. yeah it's a tool. exactly so yeah. you're waiting for the bus and you see that this turkey that's on special for christmas and you think oh well actually I, I need to get a turkey why don't i get one before they they sell out you scan the thing while you're waiting for the bus push a few buttons and bingo the the uh, the christmas turkey will be shipped to your door the one in Wellington, by the way, for, for our Wellington listeners, is on Lambton Quay. Uh, so the one in Auckland, for our Auckland listeners, is on Queen Street. And I'm sure we've got listeners in Christchurch as well. It's in Northlands Mall. So those are the three locations. And right now, Brett, you can't see it because you're in Adelaide. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I can't can't do any of that. <laughs> Mind you, I'm actually, uh, just on that note, I must say, uh, they've already... Uh, you know, done this in uh, in Australia, this concept of virtual supermarkets, and this is the first one for New Zealand. So this is the first. Mm-hmm. Well, at least here it is anyway. So there we yeah. go. That is the show, Brett. Uh, I didn't really have much else to comment on that, unless you've got any comments on that story. No, no. no. I, I think it. I think it's neat. I think it's a, a good way to use the, the, the app and the, the technology that they are deploying to help assist people to buy groceries and i think it's a a brilliant way to kind of to bring some more interactivity in into advertising to bring some more usefulness into advertising because we often see advertising as just it's bombarding you with messages but the messages may don't actually assist you to do anything whereas this allows you to see those messages and directly then and there, do that interaction. Yeah, it's hard to be and interactive. Think, yeah, and uh, we're seeing more and more stuff in New Zealand with you know posters and bus adverts and all that sort of stuff with QR codes on them to try to bring in some of that direct interaction with your advertising, that follow through. And this is just kind of taking that, they're not using QR codes, which they could have, they're using the app that they'd already developed 
to allow you to do faster shopping in the store and allowing you to use that same app to do faster shopping outside of the store. It's brilliant. And I think more, I think more uh, retailers should embrace it. I think the other thing also is it's a good way to introduce people to online shopping, to online grocery shopping. You know, there'll be people out there that have probably heard of this countdown app. They may have even downloaded it, but, but never really used it properly. And having this at the bus stop while you're waiting, you've got nothing better to do, it may be a good way to sort of entice those people who are kind of on the edge to give it a go and try it. Yeah. Or or, or for those who have never seen it, to to introduce it in the first place. Yeah. Well, there's there's no reason now that they've developed this app to help you do faster in-store shopping that they can't kind of push it to be not just – the replacement of a hand scanner to allow you to do faster in-store shopping, but to be the bridge to get you to use it as the, the basically as your shopping app, whether you're in-store or out-of-store. You head to the Countdown app when you want a pizza delivered. <laughs> and instead of getting a pizza delivered, you get a, a, a couple of frozen pizzas delivered so that you can put them in your fridge. You need some more milk. You use that app. That's kind of the sort of thing that I think they're they're trying to build with this, with this getting that getting the app more in your face outside of the store as well as in the store. Yeah, I think you've covered it well. Brett, that is pretty much it. It is early Monday morning. I'm going to let you get on with your your schedule. In fact, what have you got anything interesting planned for for today? Um, the zoo. Oh, the zoo's today, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, don't buy a day pass if it's just one stop down, remember? No, no, the zoo is quite away. <laughs> Zoos are usually, uh, yeah, a fair way out. I know. All right, well, look, have a good time. Uh, and I guess... Uh, you, will I, you... I am going to have a good time. I am going to miss one relatively big thing, which I am sad to miss. I think I know what it is. It's a big event in Wellington, right? Yeah, yeah, a massive event in Wellington that happens while I am out of the country. How balls is that? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Hobbit. Uh, That's what you're referring to. Indeed. With the indeed. red carpet and everything. World premiere. The, premiere, the, the world premiere. The world premiere. That's right. Yep. Everybody's diving to work early to go down there. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Well, You'll have to take photos. Yeah, well, look, I wasn't really planning on going because I want to oh, fi- oh, first. I want to find out if, whether my scenes made it into the movie or whether they're, they're on the cutting room floor. Well, you won't know that until you go see it. Yeah, that's true. It's kind but of that a... couldn't stop going to the world premiere and watching the stars go past and supporting films, or supporting talking films at least. Oh, we'll see. I don't know yet. There'll be enough people. There'll be enough people <laughs> without me. I mean, they don't need me down there, do they? Oh, I'm still waiting for my invitation for the red carpet. <laughs> well, they they haven't asked me yet. Extra. I'm still waiting. You're only an extra. We don't get them. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, look, anyway, that that's that's the show, Brett. I'll let you get on with your with your day uh, there, there in Adelaide. Uh, and I'll get on with my Indeed. day here in Wellington. We'll get the show. The stinker of a day that I'm... <laughs> the heat, the... the, the... Having to lie around in the, the, the cool cocktail lounge listening to the, the piano player uh, and drinking pims oh, to cool look, myself that, down. Oh, what a tough life you've got over there, eh? 
<laughs> I know. God. I understand you're going to a conference for work later on in the week. Is it yeah. is it ever going to be in, in in Brisbane? Because I'm just thinking if if it is next year, you know, you you and uh, in fact I could even go over as well. We could uh, hook up with uh, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty, our other two regular panelists. Oh, is the it, conferences it, say it's it's what are you? Is biannual the one which is every two years? Oh yeah, there's two meetings. Yeah. Doesn't biannual mean two Can things? Yeah, does it mean tw- twice a year or every two years? I think it means both. Huh? Now you're just confusing me. Don't do that. It's hot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'll just check on the Oxford English Dictionary but um, online, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those weird words. You know, the other the other interesting, uh, just while we're on the subject of words, there are some weird words that mean the same thing but sound different, like stuck means the same as unstuck and flammable is the same as inflammable. Yeah. It's kind of weird because it, it sounds like one of them should be the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, I love those words. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> let me check. What was the word we were just looking for now? I completely went out of my head. Biannual. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or biannual. Well, I'll look up biannual, B-I-A-N-N-U-A-L. We'll do this live on the show. Our listeners can, can wait while I, while I do the search. Every half year. But okay, it can so also mean, yeah, but it can also mean biannual, which is every two years. It can mean both. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. So you have to not well, use yeah, it or define it well. Every two years. So it's every and two it years, is it? Right. Yeah, it, it travels around the country. I don't so, know where it's going to be. Oh, uh, okay. Two years. Well, hopefully Brisbane. And if you ever get it, look, put a word in. When you go to this conference, put a word and say, look, I think next year, or, well, not next year, but next time, in two years, it should be in Brisbane. Try and try and get that in and, and, we'll, and we'll go to Brisbane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't like Brisbane. Because we're still going to be New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. Anyway, no, I'm going to wrap up the show there, Brett. That's it. Enjoy, uh, not Brisbane. Where are you? Adelaide. Adelaide. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Oh, I should have had more sleep last night. Look, enjoy <laughs> enjoy Adelaide. Uh, I'll catch up with you next week for the next episode. Until then, take care, Brett. Okay. And thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right. Thank you to everyone else. See you again next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.